0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. The Ville Church provides all its resources for free. If you have been blessed by this ministry, please consider giving financially. For more information on how to give and other resources, please visit www.theville.church. When it comes to Advent, during this season, this first start, the holidays, um, for us as Americans and and, um, for us just... You know the holiday season even coming from thanksgiving depends on what circumstance or what situation you're in and where you're at with life um could be all around all on the you know from one side of the spectrum to the other when it comes to oh it's a great time and i can't wait and you know things like that or it could be very difficult to some maybe they've moved so they're not able to get back to where their family was and and their family cannot get to them <clears throat> excuse me during this season. To others, you know, um, they might have lost loved ones, uh, might have had a job change. Um, you know, there's so, there could be sickness during this time, uh, financial stress. And they say that during this season, whatever uh, struggle or whatever situation you're in, if it's difficult, like a difficult marriage or a difficult, um, you know, relationships or work situation, it can actually really magnify itself during this Advent season. And I think that today and during this Advent season, um, when it comes to the word Advent and why Advent, I think it's a perfect timing. And I pray this morning that God will be able to speak to us and help us see why Advent. Why Advent. So let's pray. Father, I pray right now that you would help us to see, to hear, to know what Advent is all about. That once again, that you would prepare our hearts and our minds during this season. That there would be a special Advent for each and every one of us this this season. And that we may never forget you coming to us over and over again. I pray for this now in Jesus' name. So the word Advent, a couple of definitions that we have here, is the arrival of a notable person a thing or an event that's a basic definition another definition or description is the first season of the christian church leading up to the christmas leading up to christmas and including the four preceding sundays so we'll have four sundays until christmas and ultimately it is the coming or the second coming of christ So, during this time as as I talk this morning, I want to be able to ask you this question, and I want for you to keep it in front of you. Why Advent? Why Advent? This is the overarching question I want to keep in front of you, is why Advent? First, in the beginning, when God had created man and woman and all of creation, God was already with humankind. All of God's fullness was there. He was talking to them. He was with them. He told them who they are and what life was about and what to do and what not to do. He enjoyed them and they enjoyed him. He was fully with humankind. So why would we need an Advent? The reason why we need an Advent is because man had sinned. And sin separated Adam and Eve from the fullness and the full presence of God. We find here in Romans 5.12, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. Death brings separation. That's the full effect of the second death. The second death is eternal separation from God. It's spoken of in the book of Revelations on the day of judgment where God will take the second death and he'll throw it into the lake of fire and no longer will it be able to separate us from God, those that belong to him. This separation that was created in the very beginning where Adam and Eve started to run from God and when they became distorted and insecure in the relationship with God and all of a sudden there was this spiritual separation. They didn't die physically, but they died spiritually, now there needed to be an Advent because now God was no longer fully with them. They were out of the garden. They were banished from the full presence of God, which is really heaven when you think about it. Heaven is having the full presence of God. Before we get to the Advent, the first Advent, I want to talk a little bit about what has taken place before the birth of Jesus, the first Advent. What had taken place from the time that God had made man and they were vanished from the garden up until the announcement that Gabriel gave to to uh, to Mary. What we will see is we will see a pattern of disobedience, a pattern of pride, idol worship, that ultimately leads to murder and to death upon death upon death. Again, separation upon separation from God. We find the very first two sons of Adam and Eve were Cain and Abel. What happened to Cain? What happened to Abel? Well, Cain was very jealous of Abel's offering that he brought to God. So Cain kills Abel. And then we find that humanity starts to increase. They start to multiply. And before you know it, they start to grow in numbers. And you would think hearing the story and knowing about where they came from and how they had the full access and presence of God, and then they were separated because of what their mother or grandmother or grandfather did, depending on how many generations you're going, that they would say, I want to get back to that place where there was full access to God, but we see the opposite. Genesis 6:5, which is just a few chapters later, just to Uh, just a little bit of time we find where it says the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth and he saw that everything they they thought of thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil so just a little bit of time and God is saying look yes my sons my daughters these humans that I made have multiplied But look at their thoughts, look at what they imagine, it's constantly and totally evil. We find the evidence at that time, which is just before Noah, right? He says, the Bible says that he finds Noah, and Noah has favor, which is basically grace. He found grace with God. It wasn't that he did anything good about it, it's just that God had favor, God had grace upon him. And he instructs Noah to build an ark. And he tells the people, and he warns the people, and he encourages the people, and he begs the people that there was a flood coming. And the flood came. And even as the water started to rise, which they had never seen it rain ever, they still denied him. They still did not believe him until it was too late and that that door was closed. And God so graciously helps noah bring animals of every kind into the boat keeps them safe through this massive worldwide flood for 40 days and 40 nights and then brings them to a place where they're able to survive and live during that time and then land once again starts all over again and what do we find we find noah right away Taking from the crops that he had made something to drink, it becomes drunk. Shortly after that, as the population increases, they start to create a tower called Babel, Babylon. Their purpose was to make themselves like God, independent, self-sufficient. God causes them to have different languages which keeps them from fulfilling their their evil desires and then abraham he rises he raises up abraham abraham to become the one where he would bless them through abraham because abraham believed god again he had favor with god he had god had grace upon him but even with abraham he did not believe him a hundred percent so he rushes ahead of God when he says, I will give you a son and through all your descendants. And he has his servant, Hagar. And his wife, Sarah, laughs at God. And, and you know the story from there. Later on, he lies over and over again about his wife as he's on his travels, as God moves him out of that place to another place. And he comes to, to Lot, and Lot is his is cousin. And, and in Lot's time, They end up in a city called Sodom and Gomorrah. And the perversity is so bad in that city that the men of that city, which I have no idea why Lot would ever do this, say, take my virgin daughters, because they wanted to have relations with their children, I mean, with with the men that were there, which were some angels that had appeared. And instead of taking his daughters, which is horrific in itself, they're begging and banging on the door to get to the men that they saw which were really angels. Moses steps into the ring as, 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 as God's people populates and, and they get so big that the Egyptians decide to take them and enslave them and put them to work and they worked seven days and they were they were enslaved and Moses is risen up through God through the house of, of Pharaoh and all of a sudden God tells him to lead them out, and before he leads them out, there's plagues, there's wonders, there's miracles. All of a sudden, the spirit of death comes by, and, and because they had put door, uh, blood on their doorposts, which is just a foreshadow of Christ's blood being shed for us, he saves them, takes them, leads them out of the land of Egypt through an ocean, departs that ocean, and they walk through an ocean out to a wilderness where God rains down food. Moses hits a rock, water comes from a rock when they're thirsty, and, it, and the story goes on from there over and over where we have a king like Saul and a king like David and miracle after miracle, and then the prophets, and then 400 years of silence before, before Mary. I don't know about you, but it sounds a little bit like today, huh? Like why Advent. So, he came to them through the prophets, he came to them through the priests and the kings, and, he was, and, we, and they rejected him. He came, them through, came to them through the ark, the parting of the sea, the water from a rock, manna from the sky, and so many other miracles, and they rejected him. And my question to you, from God's perspective, would you come to earth? You created man and man rejects you over and over again. Would you come to earth? But the thing is is that God is a God that pursues. So here we are on the edge of eternity, 400 years of silence. 400 years they have not heard from God through a prophet, through a miracle, through nothing. Just 400 years of silence. If I was God, I'd probably do the same thing, right? I'd be really silent after all that. And then the announcement. When was the very first announcement of this Advent? We find the first announcement before we get into the Advent in the book of Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 to 15. This is shortly just after Adam and Eve sinned and God steps down, He walks through the cool of the day and He gets to the serpent and gets to Adam and Eve and says, look, this is not right i'm going to let you know what's going to happen and he starts speaking to the serpent and to adam and eve he says and i will cause hostility between you and the woman the serpent and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring he will strike your head so jesus will strike satan's head why because he will destroy satan and you will strike his heel satan will strike jesus he won't kill him. I mean, he, he will ultimately kill him, but he will not ultimately be destroyed. That's why it's a strike of the heel, not the head. So, this is the first announcement of the first advent of God coming to man. And God makes this prediction. And where do we find what God just spoke in Genesis chapter 3 fulfilled? We find it in the book of Matthew. And I don't know about you, but it gets a little bit boring reading and and Noah begot this one and that one begot that one and all these names. You're like, why would God put that in the Bible? Like, let's skip that. Let's get to the good stuff. But because God is a God of his word and God is truthful and he cannot lie and that's what makes him so dependable and so faithful that we could depend on him, he writes it out in Matthew. And I'm only taking you through two of the 16 verses, but you can start from the very first one in Matthew 1.1, but here we are in 15. It says, and Eliud was the father of Alizar. Alizar was the father of Nathan, and Mathan was the father of Jacob, and Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. The fulfillment of Genesis chapter 3, thousands and thousands and thousands of years before. Attempt after attempt after attempt of destroying God's people and ultimately trying to destroy the birth of Jesus. I don't know if that ain't enough to write home about. I don't know what is. So, the first advent, Christ's birth. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. This is the first Advent. Where Jesus, the announcement of the first advent, where Jesus would come to man. Now, this is very hard to believe because Mary is a virgin. And God just instructed Joseph to have no relationship with her physically until after the birth of Jesus. So, how is this going to happen? He says, the Holy Spirit shall overshadow you. And I think this is the part, and just about quite a few other topics or subjects when it comes to the Bible, where man has a hard time believing God, because it begins to talk about the supernatural. It's hard to understand and believe the supernatural. They call us crazy for believing that. But what I think is that as humankind, we're not far from the supernatural every day, Of our life. For example, the first thing is the earth. Who and what holds up the earth? It doesn't fall. It doesn't rise. It doesn't go to the left. It doesn't go to the right. Not even by one little smidge. How does that happen? I mean, we're right here in the galaxy, amongst galaxies, amongst galaxies, amongst galaxies, and we're not moving. Because if we would, we, wouldn't be, we would cease to exist. I don't think we're too far from the supernatural. How about the sun? What makes it stay in its place? What keeps the sun shining? What about lightning? What causes lightning? How about who tells the deer every year to go in heat, to reproduce and give birth so that I can go hunting? Please don't get offended, but I got a deer on my wall just so you know. I know you didn't see me like that, but Who tells the deer? So now he comes to them. I'm sorry. Speaking of birth, how in the world is a sperm or an egg created? Attach itself, then become human, stay inside of another human that will give birth. If all the above is not supernatural, I do not know what is. Now he comes to them through a young girl, Mary, through the power of the Holy Spirit, in the person of Jesus Christ, the God-man, and what did they do? What did we do? Killed him. See, throughout the Old Testament, ever since we talked about There was a separation between us and god so from that point on god had built a sanctuary and in that sanctuary in that temple it was a tent and then later on a building there was an outer court where some of us could go and then there was the inner court or the inner place inner room which is the holy of holies and then there was still a curtain And you couldn't go beyond that curtain unless you were one of the high priests and went through all these ceremonies and prepared all year, and if it wasn't right, you would not make it out alive because God's full presence, we cannot handle it because it is so holy. Holy means separate, different, above and beyond, way supernatural, way pure, way amazing, something we should look forward to. And there was this curtain that separated us between us and the fullness of God, but now we have the first advent where we have all God's fullness in Jesus visiting us on earth, and we killed him, but he is a God who does not stop. That is incomprehensible. But what's even more incomprehensible is the second advent, where God comes to another temple, a temple not made of stone, but a temple that is made of flesh and blood. And that brings us to the second advent. A great mystery of how we would become the new temple where God would dwell. To me, this is, this is out there. 1 Corinthians 6 says, Or do you not know that your temple, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God You are not your own for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. The second advent is where God comes to dwell in a temple. Who makes this first announcement of the second advent? Jesus does. We find it in John chapter 16, verse 7. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate which is another word for holy spirit won't come and if i do go away then i will send him to you jesus makes the announcement that if he leaves and he ascends into heaven that he would send the holy spirit we have god the father all of god is god the father we have god the son all of god is god the son all God's fullness dwelt in bodily form. We have the God-man, and we have all of God, the Holy Spirit. All God's fullness dwells within the Holy Spirit. Jesus affirms the second advent and promises power just before he ascends into heaven. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, but you will receive power. I don't know about you, but just considering the track record from Genesis up until Mary's time, I think we need some power. I don't think we could do it on our own. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, in, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Telling them about this power that came to live within us. Telling them about this power of, that works in us every single day. This power that has us together today at the Ville Church December 3rd, 2nd, 2018. The second advent confirms we belong to him and affirms our identity. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, Daddy. Daddy. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. There are times in this life that we are going to not feel or think or believe that God is real. There was a time in our life where that's all we believed until Christ came in. But he says that he gives us his spirit, the Holy Spirit, to confirm with our spirit. Now how does that confirmation take place? It takes place when you first say there is a God, that He's really real, that He really died for me on the cross, and that I want to be forgiven. That doesn't come from you. Ephesians 4 or Ephesians 2 says we were dead in our trespasses and sins. He's the one that made us alive to cause us to be able to be even become aware. And alive. It confirms with our spirit to cause us to cry out to God. If you've cried out to God, if you've talked to God, if you've opened your heart to God, that confirms with your spirit and his spirit that you are his son and his daughter. God right away goes after identity because we live and move and breathe and function out of our identity. It doesn't matter or The power of what people think about you is never stronger than the power of what you think about you and what God thinks about you. So God helps you to see that one of the very first advents, the coming of God in my life, is to make sure that I know that I am not an orphan and that I'm not just anybody, but that I am a son or a daughter of God, son of God, just so you know. The second advent brings spiritual gifts for service. Not alone are our identity changed and that we have a daddy to cry out to. And some of us need to cry out to our daddy, but it's also that he brings us the Holy Spirit that distributes, distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 talks about the gift of what? Teaching or healing, the gifts of administration or organizing or encouraging or discerning. The gift of, of help, the gift of discernment, the gift of teaching, the gift of, of, uh, of music. He just doesn't leave our identity changed, but the second advent brings us to a place where we become like him in giving to others. The Holy Spirit comes in. This God comes in us to what? Perform what He wanted and what He does perform from the time of Genesis all the way till now. We become His temple, His ambassador, His gift of love to everyone around us. And we are filled constantly by the Holy Spirit, constantly by the second coming, the second advent in our life. When we just don't know what to say the second advent helps us to pray there are times when you get to in your life where you don't know what to pray you don't know what to pray has anybody ever been in that situation it happened to me maybe about a week ago a week and a half ago you know my my son just got married and he, he moved out and he's living with his wife and uh, if you've ever been a parent, it's, it's a transition for us. It's not easy. My daughter's on the heels of him wanting to, you know, turn 18 and move out and live her life. and Oh, the glories of not having to live with mom and dad. <laughs> but it's a transition for us. And as, as I'm working through what that process looks like, as I'm working through that, as I'm facing the truth that that is going to happen one day, and that's our job as parents, is to help them grow, to be able to take care of themselves, right? To, to be able to live a life that, that is honoring and glory, glory, brings glory to God. It hurts. And the other day, as I was contemplating it and, and worrying about it, my, my main thing that, I, that, that to me is the hardest thing for me is I don't want nobody to hurt my daughter. I don't want nobody to take advantage of her mentally, emotionally, physically, like in no way whatsoever. What, how. Like I, I despise that. And for some reason, I think if she's with us, that ain't never going to happen. And of course it happens. It's already happened. She's been hurt. And that somehow God does not know how to take care of her, and and I get to this place of worry, I get to this place of anguish, I get to this place of of the things I could have done better, or, or or what could I do now, and and I just want to control it and figure it out, and and a place where I'm speechless before God, but this Second Advent helps me, and it helps us to pray, and it says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness, Church, we are weak people. The other day I caught a bug. I normally don't get sick for like four or five years. I caught just a I don't know what it was, but I got sick. My temperature changed just a little bit. And all of a sudden it's like I'm freaking out. Like it's the end of the world. Like I'm gonna die or something. I don't think the same, I don't feel the same, you know. You know, start, you know, coughing and sneezing and and my head hurts and my body hurts, and it's like we are weak. We are weak without God. We cannot live without God. Our health comes from God. Our abilities come from God. My ability to stand here before you comes before God. You're sitting in a chair because of God. We are weak. And it says the Holy Spirit, the second advent comes in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Sometimes it's just a, ah. Uh. And the Father who knows all hearts knows that the Spirit, what the Spirit is saying. See, this thing, prayer, communication, talking to God, we're not on our own. We got the second advent for that. And the Father who knows our hearts knows what the Spirit is saying for the Spirit pleads for us believers. It pleads. The Holy Spirit never sleeps. 24 hours is praying in harmony with God's own will. When we don't line up with God's will, when we are out of harmony, the Holy Spirit is within harmony all the time. The second advent ultimately is the second coming of all the fullness of God inside of us. Now, this is a long scripture, so I had him break it down in parts. Ephesians three fourteen to 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, this is Paul, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through the second coming his spirit in your inner being why the second coming because it is to display the riches of his glory you know what riches are God's riches and the riches this is talking about are unending are unending And it's the riches of His glory. What is the glory? Wow. Oh my goodness. This is amazing. This is beautiful. Oh, it's so wonderful. How exciting. I can't believe what I see. I can't believe what I hear. I want more of this. This is the riches of God's glory. That what? that He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Here we have this God that we've rejected, that we've killed, that we've turned our back on, that we've let go of, that we've betrayed over and over and over again, even His own Son. But He says, it's to My glory and to the riches of My glory that you would be strengthened in your spirit this is for you to be strengthened brings me glory i don't understand that why an advent why an advent verse 17 says so that christ may dwell in your hearts through faith not just come and visit not just come and hang out a little bit not just make you a little uncomfortable but that someone would come, Christ, the God, the fullness of God, to dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. How does he come through love? What is this love? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. What is this love? That he would lay down his life for a friend. What is this love? That he would hang on the cross and say, forgive them for they know not what they do what is this love that he would sweat drops of blood because God would pour out his wrath and his sins upon mankind so why we could be indwelled wild in our hearts through faith rooted and grounded in this love not what we do but what he has done and he continues to do that we may have strength we have made strength church we need strength I need strength. When I was sick, I needed strength. When I don't believe, I need strength. That we may have strength to comprehend, to get my mind to understand and hold on and believe with all the saints. That means everyone here is invited to the party. It's not just for one person, it's not just for a few, it's not for the good and not the bad because there is no good and we're all bad it is for all the saints the word saint is the word set apart holy again what makes us a saint is that god set us aside and said i'm going to come and indwell you not what we did and not what we don't do that's religion all the saints What is the breath? Here's what he wants us to comprehend. What is the breath? Here's where I I do not understand and I cannot fathom. What is the breath? You're all going to have to stand up for this. Everybody stand up. We're going to have a Sunday school class right now. What is the breath? Take a deep, deep breath. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Deep. Ah. What is the length? What is the length? Reach out as far as you can. Reach out. Come on. Reach out. Reach out farther. What is the height? Reach high. Come on. Reach high. What is the height? Reach higher. Higher. What is the depth? Come on. Stamp your feet. Get deep. 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 deep. To know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. All God's fullness. The width, the length, the height, the breadth of God. This is His prayer for you. You may take your seats. This Advent season I'm not sure what you thought it was going to be and I'm not sure what you're facing in your life and I don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow but I'm encouraging you from the prayer of Paul written to you saints that you would grasp the breadth the length and the height and the depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, something that we cannot understand, something that we cannot pin down, but we just know, we experience, so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. God no longer dwells in tents or temples. God no longer just visits momentarily, passing by on the hill where he gave Moses the Ten Commandments. He's no longer just fire by night or water coming from a rock, but he now comes to dwell His fullness, how in the world does that happen? The question is, why an advent? Why? Verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than what all that we ask or think. We have settled. Somebody say, We have settled. I have settled, and this is where I'm convicted. See, whenever we study, we got to study for ourselves first. I have settled for having these little prayers that are like, you know, you know maybe if you've know, you got a little left over, just kick me a little crumbs on the side there, and maybe you know, help me out just a little bit over here. Right. But he says, now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask. What have you asked God? He can do more than that. If you haven't even asked Him, that's why you haven't even got nothing from Him. Because what does the Scripture say? You must believe that He is good and that He is a rewarder and a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. In order for you to know that you're a believer, you must believe that He's good first. And that He's a rewarder. Where have we got this mentality that our God who came to us in His fullness, that already gave everything for us, would not give us what we ask for but not just what we ask for what he promises that would be more abundantly than what we ask according to if we behave according to what we've done according to how we comprehend no it says according to the power that works within us God's fullness works within us. Church, you are not alone. Church, you are not by yourself. When you face that trial, when you face that heartache, when you face that grief, when you face that loss, when you face that challenge, when you face that sickness, when you face the impossible, you have the fullness of God and you must come fully to God and say, I want it all, God. I want it all. I want more than what I've ever asked for i want it bigger i want it better and i want it greater whatever it is now i understand we come from a context where people have used that to be selfish and for greed called the prosperity movement but we've gone way to the other side where we won't even ask for a crumb from god no church when you ask for more of god it makes you more loving and more giving and more sacrificial and more caring and more kind and more patient for 1 corinthians says what 13 talks about at the end all these things are going to last forever right peace love joy and the greatest of these is what love right love is what's going to last love is what god god is love But what we do is we, we settle and we get down and we stop believing according to the power that works within us. To Him be glory. Why? It brings God glory to show off. It brings God glory for Him to come through for you. It brings God glory to give you hope. It brings God glory to mend your broken heart. It brings God glory to turn your table, right? Your water into wine. It brings God glory to be able to save you over and over again, to rescue you over and over again. Because if He rescues you, He's going to rescue your neighbor. And God cares enough about you to care about your neighbor. To Him be the glory in the church. There it is in the church. In Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is the second coming. And I want to go first and say, and I haven't prayed like this for a long time. And as we get ready to, to sing and to worship and to take of the second coming, symbol of the second coming, um, again, I, I've been settling I mean, how is it that God could go through all this? All that we talked about this morning. And yet, we settle, I settle. Let me ask you this. If you were going to make a God, if I was going to make a God, if, if, if humankind were going to make a God, or a religion, and a, and a God of this religion, what would it be like? Considering the track record. Guaranteed, number one, you get what you deserve, right? You work hard, you do good. Is going to be that kind of God, right? Because I know some people that don't deserve nothing. They need to be slapped upside the head and whatever, right? Or everybody wins. Everybody just freely gets whatever they want. Really? The murderer? The rapist? The molester? The griever? The whoremonger? No. We wouldn't create that kind of God. Would you? This is why God the Creator and what we believe is more logical and makes way more sense than any other belief. Any other belief. If you ask a Muslim man and ask him, how do you attain paradise? He will say, when you stand before Allah, your good deeds are going to have to weigh out your, your bad deeds. If you ask anyone in the... Uh, Pantheistic worldview, Hinduism, Buddhism, and so on, they will say every birth is a rebirth and every life pays for the previous life until you finally attain the karmic victory, attaining perfection where you have paid for every previous birth, then you obtain nirvana. Those are just a couple of made up beliefs. Would you ever create a belief? Where you would have God's track record, where you rejected Him, where you murdered Him, where you took His only Son, where He would take responsibility for that and He would come to forgive you and live inside of you and give you the power to live for Him for the rest of your life, you would never create a belief like that. Neither would I. That's why it makes sense. That's why it makes sense. This second advent is Christ in all his fullness dwelling inside of humankind. Because why? We don't have to do anything for it. We don't have to be a certain way. We don't have to fix anything. It's all Christ's work inside of it. It's all grace. It's all love. And therefore we extend grace towards one another, towards everyone around us, because we've experienced this grace in our lives, we have the second advent, and we must bring the second advent to everyone around us as well, because we received that second advent for us personally. I wanna invite you as we play to say, God, I have not embraced this advent, I forgot about this Advent. I forgot about you dwelling fully in me. I've been living off of the scraps. I've been living off the crumbs. Or I've been running from you. Or I've turned my back on you. Or I've given up on you. Or I'm so hurt with you. But would you have a second Advent in my life again? Would you come to my heart again today? Would you come inside and live in me your fullness maybe you have been with god but you have not asked him to do abundant and beyond what we could imagine or think ask him for it what is it i want god to bless this church i want him to do amazing things through this church I want God to amazingly and abundantly bless each and every one of you. I want you to experience what it is to be with God in all of His fullness, meaning in all of His love, to relax and enjoy and bathe and soak in the love of God. I want that for you. And I want that for you and every person that you will come in contact with. And every person in this community and the communities from here out through Jacksonville. I want that. I believe that. I'm asking for that. This is my repentance before you. I no longer want to just barely make it when it comes to faith and believing in the God that we believe in. I want to believe for a big above and beyond. Not to get, but to give. To become love. That's what I'm asking for the church to become. To become love. Would you join me? Is that calling you today? Would you open your heart and say, I need the second advent. I need God's fullness living in me. You have the fullness of God living in you. Father, I pray for each and every one of us today that we would not take lightly what's been spoken today, and neither would I. That I wouldn't just to my old ways of worrying and barely getting by and, 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 and doubting you, but that I may invite you into every area of my life that you have access to it all, and that I may see your power that's beyond what I could think work in every area. And I'd begin to enjoy one day after another after another. That I would enjoy all of your blessings, all of your grace moving and living in me and stop settling for what everything else has been painted to me as a good life. I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.